Hey, Larry here. Acts 29 today. Coming to you from Sunny World headquarters somewhere in the world. I'd like to welcome all the listeners today from around the world to this edition where you don't have to wait five minutes. You don't even have to wait three minutes. You don't even have to wait one minute because Acts 29 today starts right now. So welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this edition and we are going to continue on with the uh, Q&A session that we've uh, started last, last week. Just something I needed to get, get on this uh, podcast. And uh, so it's okay for people listening now and then it'll be some legacy for my kids if they happen to find this after i am gone home Um, and you know i really encourage everyone to uh to do something to uh you know to leave some some legacy and some information to your children uh you know i know not everybody wants to write a little book about their life or you know do some of the stuff i've been doing but at least you could uh you could make a recording uh you could uh do a youtube video and share about your life, share about your childhood, your parents, your grandparents, you know, everything you remember in your family up to where you are now. Because my parents, you know, I mean, they had a bunch of photo albums, you know, the old black and whites and stuff. And I kind of looked through them after they passed away and but I didn't know any of those people and I didn't know the places or what, you know, really happened. And because I never really had, you know, much information about, about their parents and, and their parents, you know, I've got a little bit of history of, you know, where some of these people came from and some of the stuff that happened, but it's pretty sketchy. And mainly, it's your spiritual journey that you need to leave for your children, especially, you know, what your life was like before you were born a second time, how you got born a second time, what happened after you got born a second time, and, you know, so that they know what your spiritual journey was like, and, uh, you know, really help them in their own life. So, 
last uh, week we covered uh, what was the most important thing that ever happened in my life. And of course, that was being born a second time, being born again from above by the Spirit of God. And I talked about that in the last one. And then what happened that made me want to do mission ministry, we talked about that. Um, when I began to look around uh, in the building where the church met, and uh, I saw some of these people, and it kind of shocked me. And so then, fortunately, I was able to go to Mexico and then India right after that in, in 74. And then I mentioned a little bit about the difference between the calling and the sending. And I mentioned uh, Moses' life where he was on a 40-year plan out there in the, in the desert, uh, getting prepared to go get the children of Israel and take them right back out there in the desert. So you can see his preparation. So uh, let's go on to question number three. What were those first 20 years like before you finally had a big breakthrough? Okay. What were those first 20 years like before I finally had a big breakthrough? <laughs> well, I could uh, probably write a book about this, and I've talked about it probably in the books that I have written. I think, you know, I had quite a few breakdowns before I ever had many breakthroughs. So, you know, it's like any journey of learning something completely new in your life because, you know, when I was born a second time, now I'm in the kingdom of God. You know, now I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I have a new citizenship. I have a whole new nature, which means birth. I have a whole new birth, which gave me that likeness of of Christ coming alive in in me, my spirit being turned on, so I could see the things of God. My eyes were open, so now I'm in this new kingdom, and it's of course brand new. I I don't know anything about it. I I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know anything about the Word. I don't know anything about anything. You know, I'm just a newborn baby, spiritually dependent totally, you know, on other believers uh, helping me to grow. And, of course, you know, the Holy Spirit is there to be my ultimate helper, but I, you know, at that stage, I 
I couldn't communicate really, you know, like Paul said in Corinthians, you know, uh, I tried to feed you meat, but I couldn't because you're still carnal, uh, like children, and you're unable to talk yet. Unable to talk yet. It's an interesting thing that he said. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are trying to talk about spiritual things, but they can't talk yet. And so, you know, to people who know some things about spiritual things, it just sounds like baby talk. But that's another, another day. So here I am, a baby in the kingdom. So, you know, like a baby learning how to, how to talk, how to walk, how to tie your shoes, how to pick up a spoon, how to feed yourself, you know, how to do everything in life in this new world. You know, the natural baby comes in this new world, doesn't know anything about it, completely dependent on others to take care of it. And uh, I have a new adopted grandchild, Thai, Thai grandchild that's almost two. And so I've watched this, you know, this baby from birth to almost two years old. And it's really been great because, you know, I see how she learns everything by watching and listening and and looking at the people around her. <clears throat> and now she says what they say. She, she does what they do. You know, she acts like they act. So, you know, how important is it that that the young ones birthed into the kingdom are not being offended by goofy teaching and stuff because Jesus talked about that. You know, he said, you know, don't... <laughs> he said it'd be better for someone to have a millstone tied around her neck thrown in the ocean than, than to offend one of these little ones. He's talking about one of these little newborn spiritual babies and somebody's given them a bunch of false teaching and keeping them from coming into the freedom that they have in Christ. And, uh, you know, Jesus himself said that's a, that is a more than serious thing that you don't want to be doing with these little ones. So... Fortunately, you know, I, when I was born a second time, I was in a, you know, my, my mom and, you know, my, my dad was then saved, my brother. Uh, so the whole family now was, was complete uh, coming into the kingdom. And fortunately for me, I was in a, a place where there was a lot of truth being taught. And of course, there were some, some things that weren't, <clears throat> you know, weren't altogether right. But, you know, I was in a place 
that was good for my spiritual babyhood. And I was fed the milk of the word and I grew thereby. And so, you know, that was that was a good thing. I wasn't in a I wasn't in a religious context and a bunch of nonsense, you know, that I would have to completely unlearn later in life, even though I did have to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff by the time I was 20 years down the road, you know, of course, a lot of stuff had come in by then, you know, and a lot of things that I did have to unlearn and, and uh, get right before I could go on. So there were a lot of ups, there were a lot of downs. In those 20 years, there were a lot of frustrations. There were a lot of tests. There were a lot of trials. I failed most of the tests. I failed most of the trials. There were temptations. I failed most of those. There were many mistakes. And there were multitudes of failures. There were wanderings and wonderings. And... <laughs> it was uh it was something else and you know because i i was in the moment you know i i didn't know some of these these things that i was doing or being taught later were were not completely uh in the word in the bible and didn't mean what, you know, I was taught they meant and all this stuff. So, you know, it was, uh, it was quite a deal for me. And because, you know, I'm a bottom line type of person, I was always looking for answers. You know, I wanted the answer to everything. And so... You know, I was always asking questions. But one of the biggest things that I remember is that I had this thing where I was always saying to myself or out loud when I was by myself, I was always saying, I just don't know. I just don't know. You know, it seemed like all the stuff I tried and you know, I had learned a lot about faith, and <clears throat> and so I was trying to live my life by faith, and those, you know, and and all the stuff that goes along with that. And sometimes it seemed like it worked, sometimes it seemed like it didn't. And just through it all, I just had this thing in the back of my mind that I kept saying, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. I and what I was what I was saying was I just don't know how this stuff works. I don't know how the kingdom works. I don't know how you know because I didn't seem to be getting anywhere down the road with 
where I really believed in my heart, I was, I was headed or supposed to be, you know, which was in missions. But, you know, now I had this 20 years of, <clears throat> of stuff. Preparation is what it was. I didn't realize that it at the time, but it was preparation. And so I, <clears throat> you know, I just went on with this thing about, I just don't know. But there was another thing that I had that was turned out to really be my anchor at this time in life when I was getting blown around by a lot of stuff. And, and that was, I had this thing that I, I like to put these, I don't know what, what you call this, even where you take the letters and, and it means something from the word. But I had this thing called ask, A-S-K. The A was for ask, the S was for seek, and the K was for knock. And so I had this ask thing in my mind, and that was my anchor because I kept asking and seeking and knocking. Matthew 7, 7. Good numbers. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And so that became my anchor during all that time of oh, the confusion and the, you know, and the trouble around me. I, it was like being in a storm, you know, it was like being in a tornado or a hurricane. And, you know, there was always stuff going on, and there was trouble in the family, and then there was stuff at, at uh, you know, what you would know as church. And there was issues at work, and, and you know, just on and on. It was just, it was just everywhere all the time, you know, just stuff. And I just didn't know, you know. So... I didn't know what else to do. It was either quit or keep on asking. And even though, you know, there were days when it seemed like I had quit, it always wasn't long and I'd be back asking, seeking and knocking again. Because somehow in me, quitting was not an option. Doing nothing was not an option. And for me, there, what I really would think about is there had to be a way. There had to be a key. There had to be something that I had not yet experienced or participated in before that would give me some clear direction and purpose. Because I just couldn't see myself sitting on a pew for the next 60 years as my purpose in life. So, 
So I'm going to say this right here. That many times the reason we don't progress to the place that we want to and believe we should be is because, now get this, we just get tired and complacent and comfortable and it's just easier to stay where we are. We just get tired. We get complacent. We get comfortable. And it's easier just to stay where we are than try to keep asking and seeking and knocking, knowing that we should be, you know, somewhere farther down the road than we are or somewhere where we know we're called to be, but we're not there yet. We will usually stay exactly where we are until the pain and discomfort of where we are at becomes greater than the fear of stepping out into the great unknown. <clears throat> Let me say that again. We will usually stay where we are until the pain and the discomfort of where we are at becomes greater than the fear of stepping out into the unknown. In other words, it's more painful to stay than it is to go. And I've experienced that more than once. I mean, it got to the point, you know, where I'm going, wow, I'm worse off staying here where it used to be comfortable. It's more painful staying here now than it is just to go down the road talking to myself and see what's down here. More painful to stay than it is to step out on faith and go to where I know I need to be. And we all know a little, you know, something about that story of the eaglets. You know, the little eagles are born in the nest and it's all full of the nice down, soft feathers. And, you know, it's warm and comfortable with mom providing the food and the warmth and everything. And so those little eaglets, you know, they just love it there and they, they're eating and they're just fat, sassy and happy, you know. But eaglets, eaglets were not born to live in a nest. They were born to fly. Born to fly. You never know how high you'll fly until you spread your wings. So it gets to the day when the mother eagle goes, hey, you know what, kids? You weren't born to stay in this nest. But they're going to stay there because it's comfortable. So she begins to remove some of the feathers, some of the down, 
And pretty soon, these sharp sticks appear that were underneath this soft feathery cushion that protected them from those sticks. And all of a sudden, that comfortable place they were in is not so comfortable anymore because they keep getting poked with these little sticks that, that the nest is made up out of. And so they're not real comfortable, and it gets less comfortable every day. And then one day, she pushes one of them out of the nest. And down it goes. And then she flies down underneath it. And as it flutters along, trying to fly a little bit, she catches it on her back and flies it back up to the nest. And over and over this happens until that little eaglet discovers it has wings and begins to do what it was born to do. Well, I hope you got that one. Here's another little one that really helped me. Story of the crab. When a little crab is born, this crab has to grow up. And as it grows, each time it grows, you know, it, it, it forms this hard shell. Well, it can't grow any bigger with that hard shell keeping it from growing. So that shell begins to break off. <clears throat> and the and the shell is is uh <laughs> I lost the word. <laughs> it's shed. <laughs> that shell comes off. It's shed off. And when that shell comes off, then growth takes place. But the thing is, is when the shell comes off, it's like that's its protection. And so now it goes through this period of time when the protection's gone. And it's a very vulnerable time. And so it tries to be very careful not to be around anything that can harm it until that hard shell forms back to protect it. And then when it's time to grow again, that shell comes off, there's more growth, shell comes back for protection, and on it goes until it's completely mature. And there's a whole lot there, but today's not the day for that. Only to say this, that, you know, God puts us in a place, and it's, it's our place of protection. And so we, we love it there, we feel protected there, we feel safe there, we feel comfortable there. But then the time comes for us to move on. But many times, because people are so comfortable there, they don't want to move on. They don't want to leave. They don't want to grow. Because they feel this protection here. They don't want to become vulnerable out there with their protection gone, that they think their protection's gone. So the place that God provided for people 
that, be, that was their protection for a period of time, if they don't move on when God moves on, that place becomes their prison. And if they stay in the prison and they never leave there when they should have, then the prison will eventually become their casket. And I have watched that take place more times than I've ever wanted to. So those first 20 years of preparation were very, very tough. And, you know, I could only keep on asking and seeking and knocking. But there was a point in time, <clears throat> say 18 years in, something like that, something did begin to change. I uh, I left the couch and watching Baywatch with my wife and uh, movies and all that stuff. I just left the TV and I'd go back in the bedroom and I'd play some heavily anointed worship music and I'd just lay on the bed in the presence of God for an hour or two, whatever I could get away with. And, of course, that didn't go over real big in the house, but, you know, I, I was desperate. And so I began to worship, and I was spending a lot of time over at the airport in the Word, just sitting there watching planes and reading the Word, reading the Word, reading the Word, listening to tapes, you know, and I began to meet with my brother at that time. And we began to just seek God, you know, the best we could. Because he was, you know, having the same issues and everything that I was having. And so, you know, that was kind of my first little step where things actually, uh, something, you know, was stirring in me by the Spirit, where something was stirring. And so we, uh, we kept doing that. We just cut out all this other stuff, and, and we both said, man, there's got to be more. You know, there's got to be more than what we're experiencing right now. So... I think that's good enough for today, and uh, next week we will go on with the next question, which is, I'll give you a sneak peek, what was the key that began to open all of the doors for God's calling and purpose for your life? And that's one that is uh, a fun one to, uh, to talk about for me.
So this is Larry Axe 29 today. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you got something out of this one. And we will see you on the next one, God willing. God bless. Bye-bye.